Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Well, hello everyone. I've uh, I've always uh, loved lighthouses, and uh, I think they're great. They they help uh, ships know where they are. They warn of danger, and uh, they also point the way to the, the safe harbour. And um, 200 years ago, well, almost 200 years ago, in 1823, something happened that just revolutionised the way lighthouses worked. They did a trial at the mouth of the River Gironde in, in France, and they trialled a new type of lens developed by this guy, Fresnel. So instead of shining just a short distance, the, the light beam could now go up to 20 miles. For those of you that speak in meters, that's uh, 32 kilometers. That's just amazing. But of course, being a French invention, the British government were a bit suspicious at first, but eventually they were persuaded and they, uh, soon the Fresnel lenses were just all across Britain, uh, all around Europe. And 20 years later, the Americans came on board and they used them as well. In fact, the technology is incredible. We still use that technology today in the landing systems for aircraft carriers, in the the rear lights on your car, in traffic lights, all sorts of applications. So that was amazing technology. And they called it this, they said, the light can now shine in the darkness. The light can shine in the darkness. So people didn't need to drown because there was rocks and they didn't know where they were. They called this the light that saved tens of thousands of lives. That's what they said. So here we are at Christmas time when we celebrate uh, another light in the darkness. And this saved so many more lives, of course. You know and I know this was the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you look at the scriptures, the four gospels give, give different um, aspects to it. Um, Matthew's Gospel starts with a genealogy, focuses on the birth and looks at the characters that were involved. Luke's Gospel does the genealogy as well, but he's more interested in the historical setting and the supernatural events surrounding the birth, like the angels and all that stuff. Mark, when he wrote his Gospel, he jumps right in with uh, John the Baptist in that situation. So then we have John's Gospel. Now, John wrote his Gospel long after the other ones. And I I don't know. I I just think maybe he just had a good think about how he was going to do it. And it's very interesting. He starts his Gospel by going back to the beginning. He takes the first three words from Genesis. He says, in the beginning, in the beginning. In Genesis, it says God made the heavens and the earth. In John's Gospel, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he starts uniquely in that. And then right away, he's letting us know Jesus Christ is God Almighty. He lets us know what this means to him, because he says, The true light, in verse 9, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. And he also says this, and I think it's just brilliant. He says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot extinguish it, cannot put it out. 
cannot overcome it. So John wasn't interested in the genealogies. John, for John, the big thing, the big thing about Christmas was the light is shining in the darkness. And if you think about it, the, the theme of light and darkness is all through Scripture. With promise and prophecy, you might think of Psalm 107, or you might think of one of Chris Norbury's favourites, Isaiah 60, Arise and shine, for your light has come. But um, there's also Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2, the people living in darkness will see a great light. And actually, Matthew confirms that scripture uh, as being Jesus Christ. He confirms the prophecy that, was, that, that came true through Jesus. So today, kicking off the Christmas series, I want to talk about light. And I want to share two incredible statements. The first one is this. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. In John, in John chapter 8, Jesus is in Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. It's usually held in October, and part of it at least was celebrating the Exodus and how they came out of Egypt with a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And this pillar of fire is what they were celebrating. It was October, it was dark in the evenings, there was very little light pollution, obviously, all they had was candles. So they had a torch parade, they had giant candelabra that were as, as high as the walls of the temple. They, they were between 10 metres and 40 metres high. So you're talking about over 100 feet high candle, candle holders. How about that? And then in, in the courts, in the courts they had their candelabra. And in the, for example, in the court of the women, they had four giant candelabra. So people could praise the Lord and rejoice well into the night. That must have been amazing. Just think about the, the brilliance of all this light set against the, the dark Middle Eastern sky. And then in typical Jesus fashion, he, 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 he takes where he is, he speaks into the situation he's in. He suddenly pipes up in John chapter 8 and verse 12 and he says this. He said, I I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I don't know if this is, um, this is blasphemous, but uh, when, when I read this, I just try and imagine being there and just thinking it through. And um, I, I thought of Crocodile Dundee. And for those of you as old as me, you'll remember the, the first one when he's um, attacked by some muggers who produce a, a little dagger. And he says to them, call that a knife? And he brings out this huge uh, knife and uh, deals with them. And they, of course, run off. But it's like, to me, it's like Jesus saying, call that a light? I'm the light of the world. And that's just a great statement. In fact... It's a big statement. It's a huge, huge claim. And, and I have to say, when Jesus says things like that, we should stop because that should crystallize things for us. Is Jesus Christ bad? Is he mad? Or is he God? And of course, we know the answer to that. We know he's God Almighty. We know he's, 
He's the, the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Savior. He's the Lord. He's God. And he is the light of the world. So in that feast in John 8, they were celebrating the light that represented God's presence and God's protection and God's pathway, the presence, protection and pathway that the pillar of fire gave them in the Exodus. But if you look at the lighthouse analogy, we can celebrate as well as all that, that Jesus helps us to see where we are in the same way a lighthouse helps us see where we are. Jesus warns of danger in the same way as a lighthouse does. And of course, Jesus points the way to the safe harbour, to the safe haven. No wonder, Jesus says elsewhere, he is the way and the truth and the life. And I think that's brilliant. But for today, I want to focus on this statement that he is the light of the world. That's amazing. And I want us to remember that this Christmas season. But then he goes on to say something else, something that goes beyond that, something that takes us a stage higher. He says this, he says, you, you are the light of the world. Wow. But actually, when you stop and think about that, it's, it's an astonishing truth. If Christ is the light of the world, if he is in me, that it says Christ is in you, the hope of glory, then that means his light is in me. And of course, light is meant to shine. It's meant to illuminate. And we read this in, in Matthew chapter 5. I've, uh, I've taken it from the message translation because it gives us a, a lovely angle on this. Jesus says, here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. And if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop or on a light stand, shine, shine. And then he tells us how to do it. He says, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, our generous Father in heaven. That's wonderful. Jesus wants us to shine. One of the things I've found over the years that in the scripture, if Jesus wants us to do something, if he says do this, it means we can do it. It is possible. So let's think for a minute about how we might do this. And again, if we go back to my analogy of the lighthouse, uh, when I was praying about this, God showed me three, there's three parts to the lighthouse that, that's helpful for us. The first part is, in a lighthouse, you need a source of light, a source of light. In the old days, of course, it would be a fire. Nowadays, it's a xenon bulb. But as Christians, obviously, our source is Jesus. So I want to say today, trust the light, walk in the light, strengthen the flame, strengthen the connection to the source, and that's going to help you shine. Now, some of us worry about that and say, oh, that means my life is on display. But Jesus said that. He said, let your light shine before men so they see your good works and glorify God. So there's the thing that my shining is to bring glory to God, not me. It's not about me. It's about him. So shine. Connect to the source. Shine and you'll bring glory 
to God. And as you do so, the other thing is to resist the lies of the devil. He'll tell you you're useless, but you are the light. You don't have to strive to be light. You are the light. The Bible says God has already moved you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Past tense. So we focus on the source, Jesus Christ. And as we do that, you know, he shines. I saw this firsthand some years ago. Um, I was on a mission team from this church to India. It was the first time we took a team to India under Glenn Thomas. And um, we unf unfortunately, we let them do the planning. So they worked us really hard. We were working like 14 or 15 hours a day and uh, we got exhausted. But, but that's, that's not the story. The story is this. What I noticed there was because we had crusades every night and thousands of people coming forward for prayer. Some people came out and their eyes were alive. They were shining. And other people, their eyes were dull. And we saw very quickly the ones with the shining eyes were Jesus followers. They were Christ followers. They were Christians. And I want to tell you today, that's what happens when you focus on the source, when you let him shine through you. So the first thing I want to talk about is the, the lighthouse has a source. The second thing is the lighthouse has a lens or reflector or magnifier. I said earlier that the Fresnel lens enabled light in the darkness. And as Christians, the Holy Spirit enables us in the same sort of way. You've got to understand, though, it's a deliberate choice. It says, let your light shine before men. We've got to, we've got to do that. And we've got to understand also that dark places and dark situations are just opportunities for you to shine as Jesus did. Because we're meant to shine. The Bible is clear on that. I'm saying it. If you don't believe me, here's what Nelson Mandela said. This is an amazing quote. He, I think he was quoting somebody else, but Nelson Mandela said this. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that's within us. Make manifest means to shine, to show. So how do we do that? Ephesians 5, uh, verse 8 and 9 says this, Live as children of light, for this light within you produces what's good and right and true. Good and right and true. So what does that mean? I guess it means living by the Spirit. Romans 8 would help us with that one. It means growing and showing the fruit of the Spirit. And you're all familiar with Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And as we do that, we can then live a life of love. We can endure hardships. We can stand up for our convictions without fear. We can have an amazing peace. We can show compassion. We can enjoy relationships without any manipulation. And do you know what? People notice because that's shining. All these things I've said are shining. So there's the, se there's the second thing. You need a lens, which is the Holy Spirit empowering you from within. And then thirdly, you need a window to shine through. The light's got to shine through a window. If the shutters are on, the light can't shine. If the lampshade is obscured, it's like, it's like a bucket over your light, as it says in Matthew 5.15, we just read. If you've got a dirty lampshade or a smeared window, here's what to do. Clear it up. Clean it up. And this means you clear the smears. You deal with the dullness caused by sin. 
you deal with the dullness caused when you confuse your identity. And um, we've just heard about that in the John Andrews uh, series on Sofa Church about being yourself. Or the other thing that clouds your window, and I think one of the biggest ones, is compromise. I've got a word for somebody today. Beware the blend. Beware the blend. Because the pressure of this world is to fit in, to blend in, not to offend people, not to stand out, not to be different in any way, just to blend in. But the Bible doesn't say blend in. In fact, the Bible says the opposite. It says we're supposed to shine like stars and the darkness is supposed to be disturbed by what we do. Philippians 2.15, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Other translation says, shine like stars in the universe. So come on, PCF, let's be stars. Clean your windows, polish your lens, change your lampshade, whatever your analogy is, let's just shine. So this might sound quite tough to some people. So I've got some good news. Number one, the light has come. It's already here. John 1 makes it clear. It has happened and it's powerful. St. Francis of Assisi said this, All the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. All the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. Wow. Another good news is you don't need to hunt for darkness. It's all around. And if you're in the dark, the light does get noticed. We don't notice stars in the daytime, in the sunshine, but on a clear, dark night, you definitely do. So shine. Another good news is it's not your light, it's his light. It's his goodness. And that just takes the weight off incredibly. I read about some, some missionaries uh, somewhere, and um, the tribal chief called them in and said, what do you put on your faces? And they said, we don't put anything on our faces. He said, yes, you do. They said, no, we don't. They said, yes, you put stuff on your face. And they said, well, what do you mean? They said, well, every day when you come, and we've seen it in this village and that village and the other village and here now today, your face is shining. Your face is shining. And the, the missionaries had no idea what, what he was talking about. But then the penny dropped. And he said, ah, he said, this is not something we put on our face. He said, this is the light of God shining from our hearts to you. I thought that was a powerful, powerful story. And it reminds me, Acts 4, chapter 13, or rather verse 13, it says that some people, um, some men were just doing amazing things and there's something so special and different about them. And the scripture says, because these men had been with Jesus. Can I tell you today, Jesus is shiny. So if you want to shine, get near him and it will rub off on you. And here's the other bit of good news. However brightly I shine, God still loves me. There, there, there may be times when I'm shining weakly. There may be times I mess up. There may be times when I'm dull. But you know what? That's okay. Because I know my heart is after him. And I know that he loves me 100%. So friends, just seek to reflect him. Just seek to shine for Jesus. So, today is just an introduction to our Christmas theme. The theme is shine bright. 
and others will enlarge upon it in the next few weeks. And it's very important. People do need the light, especially in these days of COVID and all its consequences. And if you feel you're not shining bright, maybe, maybe have a think about what I'm saying today. Maybe have a think about opening the shutters. Maybe there's something just stopping you shining. So why don't you deal with that? You can have a big switch on this Christmas. It'd be like the, the Blackpool Illuminations or something like that. Because here's the thing. Don't, don't get dragged down. Don't be lied to by the enemy. The point is you are a child of God. Found a Nelson Mandela quote as well. He says this. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant? Or whatever. And he says, actually... Who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You playing small does not serve the world. You're a child of God and you playing small does not serve the world. Do you know what? He's right. He's absolutely right. And we are made to radiate brilliance. I was looking at um, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 6. It says, God, the God who brought light into the darkness, it says, God has made his light shine in our hearts. And when I looked up that word, um, shining in our hearts, the, the, um, the, root, the root of that word means, when it's a verb, it means to radiate brilliance. So we could turn that around and say, God has made his light radiate brilliance from our hearts. Isn't that just brilliant? That's just fantastic. So... Today I want to say you are a light bearer. You can radiate brilliance. You can reflect Jesus' brilliance. So friends, shine. Shine, shine, shine bright. You were made to shine. So like a lighthouse, our lives are to do these three things. We're to help others see where they are. Our lives are to warn other people of the danger of what they're doing. And our lives are to point the way to the safe harbour, the safe haven that is Jesus Christ. And do you know what the great thing is? You might not actually need to say a word. Let Jesus shine bright in us this Christmas. <laughs>